Welcome to episode number six of the Not Salty Podcast. I'm your host, John Bell. And as always, I'm joined by my good friends and co-host, Mike and Kristen. In this episode, we interview our friend, the Garrett County Commissioner, the homegrown politician, the advocate for Garrett County, Paul Edwards. We talk about life at Deep Creek, we talk about his family, and we find out that his dad played for the Colts. How cool is that? Stay tuned. Enjoy the show. And here we go. Episode number six. I've got my victory... What is this thing I'm drinking? Victory Sour Monkey Sour Triple um, in a glass. It's pretty good. It's really um, good. I like it. uh, Two years ago, I told you I didn't know what a sour beer was. I probably would have thought it was rotten, but uh, (laughs) they are pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Hey, before we get into uh, the podcast, um, we got a pretty good award today, Kristen. Um, Oh, yeah. It came out today... uh, Oh well, this will be yeah. After. Okay, so this hasn't hit the newspaper yet, but it will by the time that this podcast airs. Uh, what did we? What did we actually get? It was from the Republican. Yeah, Rayleigh Realty got the greatest in Garrett County for real estate brokerage. Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, so voted by the patrons of Garrett County. Thank you all. Excellent. So Rayleigh Realty was the favorite real estate brokerage, and also my business partner and one of our sales agents, Mike Kennedy, was voted the favorite agent. And so, uh, thank you, Republican. Uh, get that one right. No, just kidding. That was, <laughs> we are very, very appreciative and honored to have the award. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, speaking of winning, uh, we're here today with Paul Edwards. Uh, Paul is the Garrett County Commissioner and just won another election. I probably should have looked this up, but how many times, how many time terms is this for you? This is number three. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for coming. Thank you're, you. Very you're the much. first political person we've had on here, so uh, probably the most educated. It'd probably be the last <laughs> after <laughs> You're a stepping stone. We're hoping to get through you to your dad. We're All right. Well, really, yeah. We're really, we're there. So this You'll is, have to explain a podcast. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't quite get that, but. So this is term three for you. Thank yep. you for your support. Thank you for uh, helping Garrett County with everything you do. We'll get Thank into you. that in a minute. Uh, but you do come from a history of politics. Your your father's a senator? Correct. How, yep. how long was he a senator for? So uh, dad was in Annapolis for 40 years, and I think 16 of those 40 was in the Senate, and uh, the rest of the time was in the House. Uh, before that, he was a county commissioner. Before that, he was a town council member. In Grantsville. So, uh, yeah, he was in it for just about 50 years total, with 40 of them uh, being in Annapolis. That's cool. So he basically spent his career in The whole, whole career, basically, yeah. All for Western Maryland, the Senate, the House, everything yep. for, this, yep. for this district. And he was born and raised in Garrett County and uh, never left. Wow. So that's also what this shows about. Um, you're from here, too, right? Born yeah, and raised in so. Grantsville, Maryland. Gotcha. So you grew up here. Father was a senator or House representative, worked mm-hmm. everything up, like you just said. Um, what we don't know is much about your mom. Is she around here, too? Or, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Mom and dad have been married uh, about 55 years now, I think. Wow. Uh, mom, so she deserves a real credit. She, she's oh the brains. The same. Mom is the brains behind the operation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a, a Friendsville girl, uh, born and, and raised in Friendsville, and uh, 
ran a business for a while, just got elected to the uh, Garrett County Women's Hall of Fame last year. Wow, cool. uh, mainly because of her work in running the business and uh, always involved in everything that uh, my sister and I did growing up, athletic boosters, band boosters, you know, the whole nine yards. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, kept my dad straight and uh, still does. And I, I uh, say a prayer for her every night now that dad's retired because he's probably going to drive her nuts. Oh, that's going to be something mm, for that'll them to be adjust inter- to. <laughs> interesting dynamic there, I believe. I remember uh, my parents, uh, they both worked a lot. And when they first retired, they were very excited to retire. And they're like, hmm, this is different. So, yeah, your, your dad's in for uh, Oh, yeah. And you know, I worked with your changing. mom for a long time. So. I, I was going to bring that up in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a preamble here. Mike or uh, Paul took my mom's job. Thanks a lot, Paul. <laughs> Actually, oh. she encouraged me to do that. So she was retired. I didn't take her job. Well, she was her late. side of the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, exactly. She's podcast number 10. We're just warming up for her. Paul, how old were you when you wanted to go into politics? Like, did you watch your dad do it and decided you want to get into it? I, I did. Uh, you know, I think like a lot of young boys in particular, you kind of idolize your father growing up. Uh, you know, my dad played professional football. A lot of people know that. Some don't. Played for the Baltimore Colts. No. Uh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess we can say that no, on here. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, no sure. shit. Uh, uh, it's gonna get the e tag on it. So yeah. If you're listening so uh, my dad, uh, when I grew up, I, and I said this at his retirement dinner, when I grew up, when I was a kid, even though my dad had been in politics for a while, all I heard was the football stories. I only knew my dad as a football player for a long time. Uh, as I got older and uh, kind of watched what my dad was able to do in politics, and uh, we, you know, we kind of went over his bio there, but he was also minority leader of the House for a while. Uh, I think he's the only person from Garrett County to ever have that position. Uh, he was uh, uh, elected to go to the presidential nominating conventions, I think, twice. Uh, so I, I was uh, sort of watching all that happen, and I got intrigued by that and uh, you know, started uh, – Really thinking about politics, I guess, uh, right after I got out of high school and then put it into to action. Uh, I was a uh, senior in college, I think, when I got elected to town council for the first time. So I was pretty young uh, when I got into it. Never knew I'd really get into it. I mean, not that I've gone very far. I'm a Gare County commissioner, but I, I, I never thought I would go beyond that step. And uh, here here we are. I have a sneaky feeling you won't stop there. We'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it ends up. You never know. So you were on the town council for Grantsville? I was. So my, my track in politics is uh, I was elected town council. After that, I was elected to mayor. I, I was mayor, elected three times to mayor before I ran for county commission. And now just fortunate enough to be elected for the third time there. And uh, who knows what the future holds. What do you do as a small town mayor? As much or as little as you would like. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, a small town mayor is a very interesting position to hold because you can literally kind of try to be involved in every single thing that's going on and put hours and hours and hours into it. Or you can show up every other Monday or whatever your meeting schedule is and basically put your two hours in and sign some checks and be done. So it really runs the gamut of what you want it to be. Um I probably fell somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, you know, we, we had staff. You try not to step on their toes. You want them to be able to do their thing. And, uh, you know, but but you're also in a small town. If you're trying to push the town forward, you got to kind of be active in what's going yeah. on. Sure. 
prior to uh, everything we've gone through with the lake and COVID and real estate over the past couple of years, I really didn't know that much about politics and still don't. Uh, my my education on politics was probably what I learned in eighth grade civics class. But yep. <laughs> uh, now, now it's kind of coming back to me. Um, it is a complicated process. Um, sometimes I'll call you and ask you things. You're like, that's not me. That's this guy. You got to call here. And then the county attorney. And it's just... Uh, I couldn't, I don't think I would be a good politician because it would just drive me nuts. It's just a big <laughs> process to go through everything. So um, I, I think I can see your point. You do see a lot of people who get elected for positions and they're like, yeah, I can do this. And then they get in there and they're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea to do it. Um, a great example would be me. Like, I think I could be county commissioner. I probably couldn't. I have no <laughs> clue how to do that stuff, but uh, I could possibly win. So it is important um, in my opinion, I guess, with uh, politics, is important to not only win, but make sure the right person wins, somebody's actually able to do the job. Um, well, I, I think that's critical in that, uh, you know, you, you got to know how to be able to get things done. And uh, the other thing is you got to understand how the system works to a degree, because what I think most people get most frustrated with when you're dealing with politics at any level is how slow things actually sure. go. And How you can have can the, it be? It takes forever. It, exactly. It. You can have the best idea in the world, and every single person that needs to be involved in it can agree with it. By the time you do the process, it can turn into weeks, months, even years. And uh, that's, uh, I think, the very frustrating part is it just gets bogged down with bureaucracy, and it's hard to push things forward that you think should just happen pretty quickly. My uh, <laughs> outsider knowledge of it and just watching you guys – it does seem like you or your staff or your the commissioners do have good contact with the parties in Annapolis. Like we actually do have good representation. Um, it wasn't too many years ago, twenty years ago. Uh, people felt like that we were just ignored. We were out here in Western Maryland. We really weren't Maryland. Just everything was focused on Annapolis, and nobody thought about us. Uh, I, I feel like we are represented well these days, um, for the most part. I'm sure it could always be better, but it does feel like. As a citizen, it feels like you guys have the ears of the right people downstate. Well, and, and you know, you, you got to keep in mind, we're the third, I think, uh, second or third least populated state in America. We're about half of a percent of the population of the state of Maryland. You know what our population is? 30,000? Uh, 20, 28 and 5, something like that. Um, we're uh, overwhelmingly Republican majority in an overwhelmingly Democratic state. Uh, so when you just take those two things into consideration, the fact that we get anything is sort of uh, remarkable. But it is because, you know, no great progress has ever been made without great relationships. And if you can't build relationships, and I'm not talking about me personally, I'm talking about Jim Heimball, Larry Titchnell, our mayor, Spencer Sloshnagel, and in Friendsville, and all the people that I've been fortunate enough to work with here in this county. And, and you know, certainly my dad and, and Delegate Beitzel and you know, those folks, we've been able to make relationships with the people that are able to help us, the the uh, federal representatives, the governor, regardless of political party. And uh, we have, uh, I say it all the time, we punch above our weight in the state because of that. Uh, having Deep Creek doesn't hurt because most people know about Deep Creek. They understand the importance of Deep Creek. They understand the importance of Deep Creek from a regional perspective not just a Garrett County perspective. And a lot of them now own houses up here, or at least vacation here. So that doesn't hurt either. We're hoping they all um, buy houses we're, here. We're pushing them. You know, if you we, know we them, try give to, them my phone number. Yeah, we try to shake the coins out of their pockets when they're here too. So, uh, 
But you know, you 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 raise an interesting point, and it's well taken. That uh, I I agree with you completely. That there are still people that think we're neglected, and and uh, you know we certainly don't get everything we want, but we probably get more than what a lot of people in the rest of the state believe we should get because we're right. able to do that. I uh, I've been I've managed several HOAs. I remember one one of the homeowners associations. People were arguing about something and uh i literally made a comment i was like man i could give each one of you a thousand dollars today and one of you would still be mad like you just can't make 33 people agree on anything it just <laughs> it's impossible everybody <clears throat> has their true. own opinion whatever that's 33 people you have twenty-eight thousand five hundred people in yeah. the county you know it's just uh yeah you've got to make those relationships and make them count um this has been a big year for garrett county politics too because not only did your dad, Senator Edwards, retire, but uh, Delegate Beitzel and Wendell Beitzel also did, too. So yeah. who took both of their spots? So uh, Delegate Mike McKay from Cumberland, uh, who has been delegate uh, representing, uh, I believe, 1C, which is uh, eastern Allegheny County and western Washington County. He is now the state senator representing District 1, which is essentially Hagerstown to us. It's the biggest district in the state. Uh Delegate Beitzel's being replaced by County Commissioner Jim Heimball, who is moving into that position. So when we also have uh, Ryan Savage was elected as County Commissioner to replace Jim Heimball. So there has been uh, a significant amount of change over that time. And uh, it'll be interesting. This will be a real transition year for us, for sure. If I'm right, Jim Heimball is from here. He's always... Isn't wasn't Jim yeah, born and raised Jim, here? Jim was born and raised here. Southern high graduate. I don't hold that against him being a northern <laughs> grad. Oh, boo. Uh, <laughs> you know the funny thing about that is, uh, so Jim and Larry and I, and Larry also is a, a Garrett County born and raised. He's a Southern grad, and and uh, when I was a kid, and especially when Jim and Larry were kids, they're a lot older than I am. Uh, joking around and being northern and southern was a big deal. What I've learned. More recently, in the last ten or fifteen years, like nobody cares anymore. Yeah, so we I've joke around about it, and and we you know pick on each other about it, and people were like, "What are you even talking about?" <laughs> you know, so I think it's cool though. I mean, you should to an extent. Yeah, to a point, yeah, you should absolutely. have a little bit of a rivalry. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, and it's all in fun, and and uh, but yeah, Jim uh, Jim was born and raised here, and went away to the army for uh, a, a long. Had a career in the army, uh, left a colonel, uh, came back and worked economic development here for. Uh, about 20 years, give or take, and then ran for commissioner, was a two-term commissioner, now got elected to delegate. So, uh, yeah, that's his uh, That's his track. If I remember mm -hmm. right, he decided to do that, to run at the Pace event last year. Is I that think right? you're right. I kind of remember us standing around there. I was the outsider. Thank you for letting me be there. <laughs> but uh, we were standing around a table, and you guys were all discussing politics, and I was thinking about Skittles and uh, <laughs> I was just over listening to you and uh, yeah, I think that's when he decided to do it. I, yeah, was, I, I think you're, people. I think you're right. Yeah. You yeah. You were in the, in the inside <laughs> information. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they came home and I saw him putting up signs alongside 219. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, even in that, uh, I don't remember if it was that day or not, I've actually picked on you and asked you before and um, answer this however you want to. But I remember asking you if you would ever run for senator, which you had big plans were. And you said possibly someday, but right now you have little kids at home. And basically, A, you want to be here, but B, you really can't be away from here right now. So I'm sure other you have other political aspirations, but something you're going to put off in the future for a little bit for family reasons. Yeah, I uh, had always kind of had my eye on Annapolis in some way. 
Um, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like. I doubt it will ever be senator. A delegate would probably, you know, the, the Senate district, as I said, is from Hagerstown West. It's a huge district, and it probably is only going to get bigger as Garrett County and Allegheny County's population continues to decrease. So you're going to have to pick up that population continually moving east. And the delegate, uh, it used to be uh, Garrett County and a, and a small piece of Allegheny County. Now it's Garrett County and not quite half of Allegheny County. And probably by the time I would ever be able to run due to my home life with my kids, uh, it's probably going to be most of Allegheny County and, and a lot of Garrett County, which isn't a, uh, I don't want to say it's not a huge commitment. It is, but it's not a, it's such a time commitment to, you know, to visit the whole district. Going to Cumberland's a lot different than going to Hagerstown. And, uh, but it's hard to deal with little kids at home. It's yeah. almost impossible when, when you have as many little kids as I have. <laughs> See, the other thing I value very much is continuing to stay married to my wife. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if I left her with four young children at home, uh, it may not work out. Yeah. I don't know that I would still be alive after that, let alone married. So, uh, no, but I, uh, she's very supportive, which is great. But uh, I do have aspirations to do something more at some point in time. Uh, whenever that, I, I did not, and I said this earlier, and I'll repeat myself, and I apologize, but I, I didn't know that I would be sitting in a commissioner chair at this point in time. I really didn't, uh, let alone to, to be here now four or three times around. And, uh, you know, so what, what is next? I can't really say. It's really going to depend on opportunity. Uh, and my situation uh, at home and, and where my kids are and so on. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <clears throat> no, that's, that's a very good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> see about how it, it goes. Uh, the other thing that happened recently, and I want to say this year, but it may have been last year, was the 219 intersection mm -hmm. in Grantsville off of 68. And uh, in a minute, I'd like for you to explain a little bit about that. But a funny thing about that story is I graduated college in 2000. I studied that intersection in college. It was it was what part of one of my marketing classes and yeah. studying Maryland. So from 2000 to 2022 is how long it took for that intersection to actually happen. Like when you're working with politics and highway roads and uh, these things don't happen overnight. Well, that's what we talk about how long 22 it, years. it takes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is I think if you go back and look through all of the minutes and notes and history of that, I, I think that conversation actually started somewhere around 1958. Okay, so, uh, oh so my gosh. But till it got to that point to even be studied, and then it took another 22 years. And so we have been very fortunate recently uh and, and I'll give uh, Congressman Trone a lot of credit on this. He, he's really taken this issue in particular, and certainly Governor Hogan as well. Uh, they've prioritized this project. They've pushed it. Uh, they've worked regionally because you need Pennsylvania to be on board to get it done. Uh, and, and it's moving in that direction. And right now, the trajectory and the projected open date for us to be driving on that road from where it ends now until where it picks up back in Myersdale is just about 10 years. Uh, so that 22-year window is being winnowed down to the next phase being in about a decade, uh, which is significant uh, because of all the benefits that that intersection can offer, uh, which we're all very excited about. And, and that's not just a Grantsville thing. I, you, know, the, you think about Deep Creek in particular, and you think about the, the lifeblood of Garrett County, which is tourism. And, and uh, I was talking to Mike earlier, you know, when I was a kid, this was a Pittsburgh vacation sure. spot period 
you got very few people from other places that came yeah, here. Yeah, your dad played for the Colts. Uh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and then 68 came in, and not long after 68 came in, you know, now a lot of people from Baltimore come here. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and, and those upgrades, now a lot of people from Northern Virginia and, and D.C. come here. But when you look at the transportation north-south that's going to come into Garrett County because of 219, now all of a sudden you're putting Erie, Pennsylvania, Buffalo, New York, uh, some of these other areas that now it's, you know, as that road continues to be pieced together over time, you know, you're, you're looking at maybe a, the same hour drive from Buffalo as it is from Baltimore, roughly. I mean, a little. Be the same thing. Longer, Sixty-eight dead for DC. And Baltimore. It's, it's exactly right. So you're you're opening up the county to a lot bigger marketing area for people to come to Deep Creek, to Oakland, to Grantsville, to Whitewater, and Friendsville, whatever the case may be. So it really is, uh, I think, a huge opportunity for the whole county. I don't remember the exact route, but uh, my mother-in-law, if I remember the story correctly, grew up in DC. And her mom or grandmother had a house on Marshall Road, a little cottage. And just the way they'd get here was just crazy. It would take them five or six hours through little mountain country roads to get here. Once they built 68, it was two hours. Yeah. You know, so that really opened up the traffic. A lot like what Quarter H is doing for Absolutely. Absolutely. There's and, another uh, big, uh, big Timberline. Yep. Um, that was a huge project. So it's funny. We There was the same class. I studied Quarter H and I studied the 219 intersection in the same class in 1999, 2000. But, uh, so Quarter H is done now yeah, yeah and, exactly uh, that about the same timeline well yeah. almost there's still pieces of it that they're not connected through west virginia not Correct. the part i've got a big conspiracy theory is quarter h an escape route for dc <laughs> that's my conspiracy theory I, i've been sworn to secrecy <laughs> otherwise it is, it is the best road to just get on like uh, i tell you it, if it you ever want to test out the horsepower of your vehicle <laughs> corridor h is a good place it to, is to do it. You'll, you have to well, i will put on cruise control because if not i would probably die like you yeah. can get on that road I'm sure you guys have driven it, and you can just fly. And, then and you, and you that, can go for an hour and not pass yeah. Yeah, You won't see anyone. Until you get to that little town right in the Virginia line, then you get a speeding ticket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It goes from Vir 120 State miles an hour yeah, exactly. to like 25 miles an hour and without even a stop sign. If you miss that stop sign, you are getting a you, ticket. You're in trouble. I was just That's out right. that way the other day, and that town's actually got some stuff going on. I didn't realize there was Where, a little Where, Canaine? Or, no, uh, it's the town you were just talking Cape about. Cape and Valley? Yeah. Uh, no, that's West Virginia, but... Uh, it's right past. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It's uh, Wardensville. Yes, correct. that's the yeah, one. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And there's there's like some stuff going on. Well, I'm it like, would why? though. This it's road really pretty, is like too. this road's yeah. making a lot of opportunity. I've been on the other part of it through like Elkins and stuff. So it'll be really cool for us, mm. Carrot County, once the other half is completed yep. into sure. Central West Virginia, because right now there's a couple ways to get to like Clarksburg. It depends on where you're at in the county, but it'll be even faster to go to some of these places. And I've got stuck in Parsons before because it was snowing and I couldn't get around. Oh. I couldn't See, get up Sugar Mountain. <laughs> I had to wait an hour for them to clear because there's no other way to get yeah, home. Yeah, Like literally no other way. And quarter H, like that section of it would come into that. We're thinking of it on the tourist end because that's where, where we are, right? So we're thinking, oh, it's great for tourists to get from D.C. to Canaan Valley mm -hmm. or Deep Creek on quarter H. It also opens up an opportunity for the people who live like in Warden's Wardensville, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to actually get to D.C. faster. So, I mean, yeah. uh, we yeah. always think of it in our minds, we're thinking tourism, but it also allows them to get to other jobs and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, um, there, there's no way that's not good for both economies. Sure, yeah, and I, I can tell you from a school perspective, you know, when I, uh, when I first started, I coached basketball, and uh, we always scrimmaged Petersburg. Yeah. And to get from northern to Petersburg was like a three-hour drive. It was, a, it was a long, long drive. 
And when I finished, you know, at the end of my career coaching basketball, we were scrimmaging Petersburg. It was like an hour and 15 minutes because you just hop on. I mean, it it is a noticeable difference in being able to get from point A to point B because of that. Well, and this isn't for – so tourism is a huge lifeline for Deep Creek Lake, for Garrett County. The Deep Creek Lake tourism industry is huge for us. Lots of tax dollars, provides a lot of benefits for the residents. It's, It's a great thing for us. But it's not a bad idea to have a secondary route for an economy, you know. And if you think about it, like, uh, there's one of the meetings we were at, and we are talking really long-term planning, and I, I don't even know if this will happen in my lifetime. But if you really look at it, it's Grantsville, that intersection we're talking about, may be the next lot smaller Morgantown. You know, if you're looking at it, you've got Hagerstown, Cumberland, then nothing until you get to Morgantown. Grantsville's kind of an ideal location for that. So... I don't know. I don't. My guess is in my lifetime, I'm never going to see a Best Buy in Grantsville, but it may be there someday. You know, it's uh, it's definitely got the the land lays right. It's easy off the interstate, and it's got development potential. And that would be good for the county to have other opportunities for people to move here. Well, if you if you follow the growth trends of America through history, transportation is what makes areas grow. And whether it were the canals in the early days, followed by you know, the railroad followed by the interstate system. Um, you know, the, the interstate system right now, especially if you have an area and use Hagerstown as the example, where you have an, an east-west-north-south connector, which is eventually what's going to happen in Grantsville when 219 finishes, the opportunity for growth and real growth exists. Now, what we have to balance here, and I think the the discussion in Garrett County moving forward is how much growth do you want to see? Like the allure of Garrett County is the rural setting and the slow pace of life. Uh, Do you want Hagerstown to sit here? I think most people would say no. I think people who live in Grantsville would probably say no to that. But, uh, you know, would you want to see some growth that would rival a Frostburg, uh, you know, or something similar to that? I I think sure. And just opportunity. Uh, at the same time, those transportation uh, modes change. So so does commerce. You know, there's a lot more, uh, as you guys well know, there's a lot more e-commerce now and, and Internet commerce. It's not necessarily the box store. Uh, so what does that mean in, uh, you know, areas that do have the transportation? Uh, we talked a little bit about the benefit to the tourism economy, but you know when you get beyond that and you get into retail, what what does twenty years from now in retail look like, and how can you capitalize that? My guess is, for the most part, it's still going to follow some of the transportation lines, and certainly internet access and and uh, connectivity is important, and we're working on that as well. But those are you, you got to kind of look ahead at the trends too and see where you're going and project a little bit about what you want to see to to meet that. You don't want to go to where you want to be now. You want to go to where things are going to be 20 years from now. Well, and I am a developer, so I'm pro development, but I'm also pro development <clears throat> with rules. And I think that's where it comes into play. Um, so when Hagerstown was created, I don't know the year it started, or a lot of these older cities, mm-hmm. there weren't rules. Like there, there, there wasn't zoning, um, stuff like that. So I agree. We, we don't want huge, you want the right type of development and exactly. what that right type of development is. I don't know, but it's something the county needs to figure out. And that's why zoning exists. Um, I will tell you for every day at work, I get aggravated about zoning. I'm also very <laughs> thankful that there is zoning. It's, it's the joke I always tell my clients. Uh, it really stinks when zoning tells you that you can't do something. Okay. It is really cool when they tell your neighbor he can't. 
that's why the way you that's the way you look yeah, at it exactly that's, that's exactly. what it is and you need that like uh um uh, just popped in my head while you were talking if you go to park city it's really neat. Like, uh, their zoning there is super strict and maybe too strict. But even their Walmart signs and their McDonald's signs, you really can't see them. Like, there's, there are ways in, in 2022 and beyond, there are ways that we can develop property um, the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a way to do it the right way. And, and the, the right way is normally not to do it fast. You know, think about it and then figure it out, which we have plenty of time. I don't see right, again, right. a lot of I people agree. coming here tomorrow, but right. it is something that will come here in the future. It sure. does seem like Grantsville's growing in a good way. Like sure. the the Castleman Market, such a great addition. It's Absolutely. so nice to have a grocery store there and to have locally made stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I loved that ribbon cutting. I loved walking through there. And then the ice rink came in this winter. Mm-hmm. I feel like Grantsville is moving in. I mean, I feel like Oakland's grown a good bit. And I do feel like Grantsville's growing in terms of like businesses and people, you know, are choosing to stay there and, and start a business. I did not hear about that. There's an ice rink. Is it indoor or? Yeah. Dude. Well, uh, it's yeah. covered, but it, like the <clears throat> sides are open. At That's the awesome. town park in a pavilion. So yeah. it's a, a roof, but it's open air. And uh, yeah, it's been a great addition uh, to the town and a great way to be able to utilize a park in the winter in Garrett County, which oftentimes, because you know, your basketball courts, tennis courts, baseball fields, when yeah. in yeah. December <laughs> you can't do much there. Right. But this has opened a, a door that, uh, you know, provides something that uh, a lot of people in this area uh, don't have the opportunity to do without traveling far to do. That it. is the teeniest, tiniest little <clears throat> step towards something cool. That's a great step. Like it mm-hmm. sounds crazy to say how important an ice skating rink is. It brings the whole community together. Yep. I don't ice skate. I'm going to take my kids there and I'll probably talk to you while they're ice skating. Yep. Like it's just, it's <laughs> yeah, because I'm not thing. ice skating yeah. either. <laughs> I've got way too many broken ankles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm too old. That yeah. ship sailed, I think. But. Um, so that there, there are ways to develop areas correctly and even little things like that, like the ice skating parks, definitely. That was very, very cool. We should go there. I think, didn't I say you just bought tickets? For yeah. Yeah. We were pass? planning. Yeah. We were planning like a little Rayleigh day. Um, they had that storm damage, so they yeah. postponed us, but I know a lot of my friends have gone a lot of like adult friends and mm-hmm. then like people with kids. It's really cool. Like the closest one, do they still have it at the YMCA in Cumberland? I don't know if they do or not. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. I don't know the answer to that. My gut tells me no, but I, I don't even know where you would go to like do Morgantown. That. Morgantown, yeah. okay. <clears throat> but even the Morgantown one is nice. Well, the one we went to at Morgantown was nice. It was probably the one you went to when you were a kid. I mean, it really hasn't changed much. And uh, it was indoor. Like, there is something cool about an outdoor ice skating mm-hmm. rink. At, at oh, well, you're park. dressed for it. Like, it's, yeah, yeah I'd yeah. much rather do it outside. Hey, what's the guy's name who owns the Castleman uh, market we were just talking about? Ben. Ben, we were just talking about him in a meeting today, and he was not there. And uh, totally unannounced, totally not part of the meeting now is that they were talking about what a great guy he is it's um, fantastic and i don't know that much about him I've, i think i've said hi to him one time at the cashman bakery next to our office i think but uh supposedly he and people like him are doing really cool things for the county so i mean that's where we we need to attract business owners like him that come in and do cool stuff and hey, you he's know a great guy from what he, I hear. he is he's a fantastic guy i got to know him pretty well uh you know being in town and and uh i've i've had lunch and breakfast with him multiple times he keeps talking to me about the things he wants to do uh you know like the market like and and he's not just doing things either in in grantsville although he's doing a lot there obviously because that's his home base but he's got the market here in McHenry, which is sure. doing very well oh uh, we go there um, all the time yeah it's it's doing <laughs> exceptionally well he's got other plans some things that he'd like to do you look at brenda mcdonald and everything that she's doing and 
things she's doing for the county and uh you know we we've just been blessed and and they, neither one of those people I just mentioned and we can mention 25 other people none of them were born and raised here they moved here they're making serious contributions to the local economy they've bought in they're trying to help the community uh so you factor those folks in with the homegrown people we got and we we've, we've got some really great things happening here challenges certainly can we you know work together to mitigate them yeah we can but you know you bring in people in if they come here to vacation for five years they fall in love with the place they buy a home and next thing you know they're opening another business or they're yeah, you know who knows they're volunteering at the with garrett mentors or who knows what they're doing to help the community and and i i hope our community doesn't forget and 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 the the mindset here has changed even since i was a kid and and certainly since you know my dad and jim heimel and those guys were kids like it used to be it used to be a big divide between the north and the south and that sort of dissipated actually it's really dissipated and now the more of the divide is sort of the the lake and everyone else. But I even see that deteriorating a little bit and not being quite as, as much of a, what I don't know what you want to call it, division. No, but, it uh, totally used to be. It yeah, and it's getting better. And I think it's getting better because those people that are coming here are really trying to, like Ben and like Brenda and like uh, Jim Bailey. And, and we can name, like I said, we can name 50 other people who are just really trying to be part of the community and help the community and, you know, support the community. And I think uh, people that live in Grantsville and Oakland and Mountain Lake Park and Kitts Miller view that and say, hey, you know what, maybe this is pretty good. Our vacationers, it's, it's partly because the vacationers used to not have access to those communities. So if they, if, if someone in Grantsville, for example, had never met someone who vacationed at Deep Creek Lake, they'd be like, oh, what are those people like, you know? But now they can go down there. And that, that's a big part is uh, getting the communities together. Our vacationers want to go to Grantsville ice skating. They yeah. want to go to yeah. that Spruce Village Christmas thing where we were at last Friday yeah. and walk around. Yeah. They want to go downtown Oakland and hit Vagabond yep. and Englanders. <clears throat> and the they spring, want summer to do market that stuff. And, yeah, um, absolutely. And you've seen that come a long way. Grantsville's come a long way the past couple of years. Downtown Oakland has come a very yeah, long way over the past couple of years. Um, yep. And they both have a lot of room to grow still, but it it's proven that if you build it, they will come. Like yeah, I, and, and, you know, you look at our, our county, and I'm a big town guy. Like, I, my... My background's municipal government. I was always living in Grantsville. I was on the town council there. I've worked with the mayors of all eight of our towns, love all of our towns, really support our towns. But, you know, to me, you've got the lake and then the other areas that really have an opportunity to push this county forward are the towns. And whether that's Kitzmiller, which you don't really think about, but you got Wolf Den down there, you got the Potomac, you got some fishing opportunities, some outdoor wreck stuff that maybe you can't do every place else. You know, you're not going to find better whitewater opportunities in Friendsville. You got a great opportunity there. Uh, you've just got some neat little, you got Firefly Farms and Accident. I mean, you've got some niche little things going on in our county that uh, really, if you come to Deep Creek for a week, all right, and you know, it rains a day or two where are you going to go if if you're if you're here to be on the lake and you can't be well maybe you hit downtown oakland for a half a day and you know maybe you hit grantsville for a half a day and finish up down in friendsville or you, you get you out and and if you're looking for a place to go and you think to yourself what am i going to do at this lake for a week if i don't really want to just 
boat or whatever. Well, there's a lot of neat little things around. We can make a week out of it very easy. When we need that, think about when you go on vacation. When I go on vacation, I want to go to the neighboring town. Absolutely. Like, uh, you want to see what's there. You want to experience I go to the, the outer banks. Call. I want to see yep. what's in Duck. You yep. know I mean? That's just yep. what I want to do. So you want to do the that same way. when they come here. So I haven't even thought about bringing up Wolf Den on the podcast. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know what Wolf Den is. If you don't, Google it. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was part of that sale, and Wolfden was uh, a gigantic piece of property. It's kind of neat. We thought it was like 1,500 acres, and we got a survey and found out it was closer to 2,000 acres. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was... Tax records are long. I get wrong. I guess you guys need to recoup for some tax money, but uh, the <laughs> the tax records are just wrong. I'm, and that's I'm texting right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's how surveys go. It's it's kind of neat when you start following surveys. Uh, think about when this this property is huge. When it was originally surveyed, it was done by guys on horsebacks with pencils and notebooks, <laughs> yeah. right? When Meets it was surveyed a couple years ago, it was yeah. done by GPS, and that's very oh, yeah, accurate. yeah, absolutely. So, normally you find out that you actually own less acreage than you thought. In this particular case, it was bigger than right. what they thought it was. And Wolf Den was this very, I, I always liked it. I don't know how to describe it right. Just this uh, backwoodsy place to go four-wheeling. Awesome, mm -hmm. right? Go out in the middle of nowhere, this awesome place to four-wheel and just have a great time and... Uh, I don't know, better way to say it, redneck it up. That's kind of what you did at Wolf Den, right? And then the state of Maryland purchased it, and now it's like that, except it's safe, it's nice, it's available. It's, uh, it's, it, Maryland, uh, I'm all for it. Maryland, Maryland realized, the state of Maryland realized that there was an industry for four-wheeling side by side. And it's also a dangerous sport. You don't want people riding these things down 219. So they purchased a large piece of land, put trails on it. It's monitored, and it's just a, it's a huge addition to our community. It's actually underlooked. Like, a lot of people still don't realize yeah. it. Um, yeah. We need to get the word I with think it's, more it's just a little too new right now, but... Do they I, have uh, like side by sides and four wheelers available to rent or anything like that? No, I, I'm not I don't think not so. right now. But if you, you want to start up a business an here, come to Garrett County and do it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. because yeah. you think about that and you think of uh, you know the state of Maryland owns more property in Garrett County than any other county. Matter of fact, the state of Maryland owns more property in Garrett and Allegheny County than almost every other county and state combined. All right, so the the state will say we're doing you a major economic benefit by owning property here. We argued for a long time, no, you're not, because although you own a lot of property here, you're not marketing it and you don't hire people to run it. Like sure. in where in Annapolis, where the capital is, that provides thousands of jobs to people to run the government. Here, you have a park manager and one guy mowing some grass, and that's about the, the size of it. But And you didn't pay taxes on it, but I'll give my dad a lot of credit here. Uh, my dad worked very hard to get something called the pilot bill passed, which basically was they restructured the way that the, the state uh, per, uh, partnered with the local county that they own property in. And the only two counties this that qualified for this was Allegheny and Garrett because of the amount of land that, that was owned here. Uh, and so the, the state basically pays property tax on what they have here. And, and I'm oversimplifying it. But uh, so we get an actual monetary value for what they own. But more importantly than that, we've also become better partners in things like Wolf Den that, hey, here's a great opportunity to bring more people here to do something. And then what is the result of that? And you hit the nail right on the head. What businesses can happen here? Four-wheeler rental. Cabin rentals. Cabin rentals. A gas station in Kitzmiller. You know, what 
can we do that would benefit this area, but also benefits the local community and then the, the opportunities to grow mom and pop shops that come from it's that? It's an absolutely beautiful property. It's about 2,000 acres, a little bit over a mile of river from the Potomac River. Um, easy access off yep, the paved very roads. easy access. And and they've, they've got the trail system set up right. Uh, they've got easy trails that I could take the yep. kids on. They've got this one place called Hell's Highway that's pretty sick. Like, you need to know what you're doing to go up yep. Hell's Highway. Yep. And it's just... Uh, it, it's a very good resource, and it, it does. It hasn't yet, but I think it's going to catch on. Somebody who owns land down there is going to build cabins. A- absolutely. Um, there, there's there's public water and sewer there. Um, yeah. Who knew? Like It's just, yeah, for it's just wow. kind of in the middle of nowhere, and because of the town of Kitzmiller, there's public water and sewer, and I'm assuming they would have the rights to tap into it, but uh, whoever, whatever landowner down there could probably tap into public water and sewer, build some cabins. It probably will not be like the Hatfield McCoy four wheeling area, right? But it, it it's got potential to but be close. But you could, I mean, they so they do at Hatfields. They they rent side by sure. side. Absolutely, they, they rent the helmet. Where's and, that? It's uh, down in southern West, southern Virginia, West Virginia, and the state of West Virginia. Kentucky, West Virginia border. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so a great cool. Place. It, it's a big. Oh, deal. you would love it's it. It's huge, but uh, you know, we stayed in like a little cabin, and it was one owner, and he had a bunch of little tiny cabins, and then he had a couple houses. Was it, it Boss Hog? No, There's it was. It was. It looks like Boss Hog. No, it was. They own the Toasted Goat. Little plug for them, um, and it was super cool, and they had like Donnie a little Carter. No, I don't know. I don't think oh, so. Okay, they had right. like a little goat farm. It was a super different cute. toasted goat. Okay, there might be two. Different <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Over Donnie's there. not natural. Donnie, McCoy. if you own the toasted no. goat, <laughs> yeah, McCoy, yeah, we got to talk. Yeah, that's anyway, right. That's right. I think that would totally fit in in Kids Miller, just like having been to Hatfields and like seen that. And it would. It's a really good idea just totally to get people fit. down there. I, yeah, I like how you brought up mom and pop shops too, because I think you know, for the most part, everything's going online, right? Anywhere in a city, it's like, a, it's hard to have a shop like that. But in an area like this, when you have people coming out of town, they want that experience. Like you really Absolutely. do have the opportunity to open a shop where people come in, you know, because that's, not, you can't buy an experience online, right? Yeah. Amen. No, and you come here to disconnect. I mean, honestly, yeah. like yeah. vacationing, even just a deep Creek, but I mean, especially if you rent a cabin at Harrington Manor State Park, you are not coming to play on like a lake yeah. in a giant pontoon boat. Like you are coming to yeah. get away. And all of the cabins were booked Thanksgiving. We rode our horses on Harrington Thanksgiving morning. Oh. And there were so many, all the cabins were full and people were just sitting outside having a great time. And like, it is a tiny cabin. I don't even know what's in it, but it is not like the Ritz at all. And people come for that for sure. A- absolutely. And, and you know, there's probably a lot of your listeners that don't know anything about Harrington Manor. We should There's talk, probably a lot of listeners that know nothing about New Germany. And now I'm a New Germany guy, and you want to talk about a real gem. You know, the the opportunities New Germany has, family-friendly, the little lake, you can paddle boat, you can canoe, all the trails out there. And their cabins are booked, I think, two years in advance. So I know. The, I wanted the to words stay there out once, there. actually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's a great little area. And, you know, all the things that we're talking about sort of makes Garrett County unique and great. And, uh, and you know, you can you – can, my goal as commissioner before I'm done is for the whole mid-Atlantic region, not just Maryland and not just, you know, the, the D.C., DMV area, but for the whole mid-Atlantic from – uh, New York to to North Carolina thinks of outdoor rec in Garrett County because you got four wheeler, you have cross country skiing, you have snowshoeing, you have downhill skiing, you have all the amenities the lake provides with the with that. You've got world class fly fishing on the Castleman, you've got fishing on the Potomac, you've got 
everything you can imagine, mountain biking and hiking and, and just so on and so forth. And the other thing, to your point with mom and pop shops, with a few exceptions, we've got almost no chain hotels, yeah. almost no chain restaurants. And but we've got great restaurants and great hotels, you know, like you can't stay in a nicer place in the Savage River Lodge. You can go to really Oakmore Hotel, even for a small little hotel uh, in, a, in a quaint little town and you can walk the streets. Uh, you can go to Englanders and get a, a neat experience or Vagabond or uh, all the places here at the lake, all the restaurants here with Uno's the exception. I didn't even know. I mean, I'll tell you how hick I am when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> I didn't know Uno's was a chain store until no. I went somewhere and yeah. I like, saw another one. I was like, wow, I thought that was just a deep creek lake thing. Have you ever eaten um, at a different Uno's? Yeah, and it isn't the same. same. It no, is not the same. No, wait, not. My first experience seeing Uno's outside of Garrett County, because I'm born and raised here, it was it was like at a gas station or something. It was like a little tiny pizza pickup. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That must have been and so I, disappointing. I was like, no, yeah, this is where this? we go. We go for yeah. prom. Yeah. Like, this is the nicest restaurant we have. And they're selling pizzas at a gas station. Yeah, it, it's crazy. But, <laughs> you know, you think about a Castleman restaurant, Pen Alps, you can have experiences here that you cannot have anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a draw. And when you factor in the outdoor opportunities that we have, uh, you just have some real great opportunities here. And we the were, businesses make it too. Like if, you, if yeah. you look at other resort towns, it's not uncommon for the restaurants to close in the off season. We don't. Um, this year, because of staffing issues with COVID and stuff right, like that, right. they've been shut down on random days. But for the most part, our businesses are open year round, and that's that's something to be said about the resort. And they couldn't be if it weren't for the county bringing people here. You know, again, right. I don't know how much we want to get into this. But we also do have a very good chamber of commerce here. The mm -hmm. the local chamber is constantly pumping out advertisements for Deep Creek Lake. Uh, it's probably once a week I'll get somebody down in D.C. Yeah. will text me a picture of a bus. You know, <laughs> yeah, the bus is absolutely. And they think I, they the think I put it there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or on the tra in the train station on the floor, like the floor yeah. thing. Yeah, they we do all really kinds do. of stuff. They do really cool stuff, and it, and it works. And even the trail systems, like uh, I'm going to tell you, for the listener at home, I do exaggerate a lot because I get excited, but I think this is accurate. <laughs> um, I'm going to say once a week, I'm in a vacationer's house, put in it for sale or something like that, right? And they always have this killer, awesome side-by-side -side in their garage. And here's what really catches my attention about it. It's clean. I'm like, where do you guys ride these yeah. things? Like these guys, <laughs> yeah. they, they come up here and they, good for them, they buy these awesome $15,000, $20,000 side-by-side dream machines and they didn't know where to ride them. Like they would literally ride them to their mailbox and back. Mm -hmm. This Wolf Den Park we're talking about is 20 miles from the lake, maybe 15. Yeah. It's totally easy to get to. Yeah. Like if you have a trailer, yeah. I mean, it is yeah, absolutely. very easy to get to. You usually don't come here without it truck or some sort of right. four-wheel drive yeah. anyway, right? Yeah. Well, and what's the Jeep Park uh, was open kind of recently? I haven't been there yet. John's Rock, St. John's Rock. Okay. Uh, so that's on the other end of the county down in Finzel. It's on the Garrett-Allegheny County line. Uh, and and I went to the ribbon cutting for that and actually got to, to ride in one of those Jeeps on the on the rock trail. And we it's pretty intense. Yes. It's super intense. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I, I couldn't see you. The microphone was in there. Yeah, and oh, the boy. same, you know, the same, the same thing. It's got, uh, y you know, different levels of, uh, you know, experience uh, and so on and so forth. But I was literally in a Jeep, like hanging on like this hanging on to the bar looking at the rock coming right at me and That's and the cool. guy the driver's just like hang on like i don't really have a choice did they give here. you the pep talk so i went on jeep trails one time and they're like if we start rolling cross your arms don't hold on no yeah. I, if i uh, no, like no i didn't get that yeah, no, no, because yeah. if you if 
if you hold on like outside the window, you could get your hand. Yeah, you're gonna get smashed. So they're saying like if you start rolling, don't literally just cross your arms, trust your seatbelt, and chill and relax as the jeep tumbles into oblivion. Just relax. Don't don't worry at all. Do not stick your hands out. I've I've been at a place where that happened to someone, and do not stick your hands out. I know. That is no joke. Before I forget, um, we brought up uh, obviously you mentioned Whitewater and Friendsville, which uh, not a lot of people know this, but Shimrock brought this up as like we're within like an hour and a half of some of the best whitewater in the uh, entire uh, world. Yep. But yep. Have, have you been down the Upper Yacht in Friendsville? I have not. All my friends and most of my family have, and uh, I have not been on the water. There. All right. So all Sit four of us this line. summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're yeah, jeeping. Right. We're jeeping. We're, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Who's bringing the beer? Because I'm it. All right. I'll take care. <laughs> so um, are you comfortable talking about the path in Friendsville? Is that something that's the, going on? The Yacht Trail. The, yeah, the yacht I, trail. I mean, I'm comfortable talking about anything. Um, it seems to be, and to set it up, uh, when I first heard about it, I was like, boy, that sounds really cool. You know what I mean? I was like, put a path down the Yacht River. It sounds great. Then we talked to Jesse, and Jesse's like, no, I agree with you. It's really cool, but it also kills a lot of wildlife and changed the whole atmosphere of it. Um is that to the point where it's a done deal, or is that something no. people are still talking about? Or where are we with that? Well, I think uh, the cart got before the horse on this, and uh, the lack of information made people fill in their own blanks. And when, that's usually what happens. Like, and when, when that these and when that happened, uh, there's a lot of rumor and stuff out there that that is not true. Um, but the the gist of it is uh, there has been talk for a long time about a, a connected trail uh, from really the 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 ultimate goal of this was the Gap Trail, which a lot of people know goes from Pittsburgh to to D.C. Uh, it's amazing to fill people in. You can literally ride a bike from yeah. Pittsburgh to Washington D.C. and it stops in Somerset. Maybe it goes to Myersdale. Myersdale, and it goes through. It goes through Cumberland. It actually goes through Frostburg, and it comes up to Myersdale, Pennsylvania. And the ultimate goal was to get from Myersdale to Grantsville, and then from Grantsville to Oakland, and then from Oakland to Friendsville, and then from Friendsville to Confluence, and tie back into the Gap. The the off the cuff, that sounds amazing. And, and the great. point of that is there's a there's over a million people a year travel the Gap. So the thought is, okay, if you can pull five percent of those people off to to do this loop that's more money coming through garrett county now the actual path of that uh was always well maybe you go here maybe you go there there was only a couple of really defined areas and and i don't know because we were not consulted on and when i say we i mean the garrett county commissioners we weren't consulted by dnr or the state or anybody on we're going to get some money and build a trail through here we, we were not so I, I can't speak any more from an authoritative standpoint because I don't know what happened there. The money that was allocated, the way I understand it, was simply to do a study of what's the best path to take. And then if we identify a best path, then we have some money to start constructing that path. Now, the problem is, and not to get political here, not to tread into uh, controversial issues, but the, the budget hit the paper, and people saw that allocation of money with no context to it. So then it was, well, they've already made their mind up. They're going to do this. It's going to go right here. It's going to be a, a paved path. It's going to be this. Yeah. 
I don't, I can't speak to any of that. I know there that Garrett Trails put plans out of what they wanted to do. I think some people thought that's what actually was going to happen. DNR has not even moved off of we've got money there. So they haven't even gotten to the point like, yes, we're even going to do a study. The new governor could come in and say, you know what, we're not even going to spend money there. It's too controversial. We're just going to take it and do something else with it. Or they it's could still say, in the beginning process. We don't it's know. Way, what's way beginning. Yeah, and, I mean, as we heard earlier, like most things in, uh, <laughs> in politics. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just don't. I, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know where that's going to go. We had a, a public meeting that uh, I don't even know who put it on. Now we were. Uh, well, I say we, again, the commissioners were asked to attend, and, and we did. And some people brought up some excellent points. Uh, you know, and a lot of people really aren't against the concept of a trail from Myersdale to Oakland to Confluence all through Garrett County. It's just where does – it's more location of it. Like maybe it would be better to go over here and you're not yeah. getting into the sensitive areas of the – the yuck. Even a lot of people, they're like, we don't want it right here. We're adamant we don't want it right here, but we're okay if it goes over here. So I do think there is compromise. hopefully some compromise there that we can do something really cool and really great and, you know, pull these people in and help Grantsville and Oakland and, and Friendsville, which would be the three hubs uh, in the county, pull some folks in without disrupting the, the, the natural order of things and the environment and, and other industries. Cause I know a lot of people in the whitewater industry are against it. Cause I, I think they think it's going to hurt what they're doing. And you got to be sensitive to that too. Uh, one of Jesse's comments was, was that if the path is right down the river, somebody might jump in the river and try to swim. And once you get in the river, you're not going to get out. You've got nine miles of yeah. basically unprotected river. Um, right, right. And that's but, an excellent point. But that, that gets back to our comment earlier. Development is good as long as you think it through. Right. And so, yeah, we don't jump on it. And, and you're exactly right. Most people probably open the newspaper, saw $4 million in the vision 68. Uh, interstate I-68 interstate <laughs> running down the river. Um, and I don't want to speak for him. And, Mike, I think he committed. But uh, didn't Josh Spiker from uh, Garrett Trails agree to come on the show? Or uh, I'm, I'm still talking with him about that, but that would be really nice just to kind of like hear from his perspective too, like, you know, what's going on. Oh. And also, I mean, just to talk about I was going to say, yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot to talk about. The Garrett Trail's doing some great stuff. Here's I mean, they, they certainly have a lot. I'll of... bug him too because I know Josh, and okay. he should. And my opinion of Garrett Trail's is they're a very environmentally friendly, good group. I don't they're know if they're environmentally a company, conscious. But yeah. Are they a company or are they uh what, what are they? Well, they're they're uh, a nonprofit. Okay. Uh, and and you know again, there's a lot of misconception about what Garrett. A lot of people think Garrett Trails is an extension of Garrett County government, and they are absolutely not that. Uh, they are not. We have no control over Garrett Trails. We have no oversight over Garrett Trails. We give them. Uh, a chunk of money, much like we do the Chamber of Commerce or fire departments or whatever, but they have a board. Uh, they have to follow the rules of 501c3s and whatever. I, I believe I'm speaking a little out of turn. I think they're a 501c3. I'm pretty sure they are, but, uh, you know, and then they do their own thing. And uh, I think for a long time, even before I was on the Garrett County Commission, I think the commission as a, as a collective has always looked at Garrett trails as sort of Garrett County's parks and rec. Sure. Cause we never had a parks like. and rec. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so they were, they were okay with giving them some money to help them on their mission, which is develop trails and so on and so forth and outdoor recreation. Um, and I, I think that's what started. And, and because of the money, and again, this predates Jim and Larry and I, because the money was going to Garrett trails, whatever, it was whatever amount of money, 
they put a commissioner on their board just because oh, part of their nice. funding was coming from the county. And uh, that still exists. Uh, commissioner Titchnell is our rep on the board uh, for Garrett Trails. And uh, we, we give them more money today than we did when we came in to office, but uh, we're still not giving them, you know, it's not like we're funding their whole budget or even giving them a ton of money. I think we give them $25,000 a year or something like that. Josh and I were walking a property on the backside of uh, Fork Run, up on the backside of Wisp one day, and he was, uh, I was selling the neighboring land, he was showing me where they're going to put the new trails in, Yeah. and one of his comments to me was that uh, ideally, they would like for a trail to be within, I can't remember if he said a mile or five miles, but either a trail within a mile or five miles of every resident of Garrett County. And that's really cool. That's Again, so about if you're cool. a kid, yeah. you've got, you hop on your bike and from no matter where yeah. you live, there's a trail you can hop on. And uh, it sounds goofy to say this until you actually get out on trails. Trails are not easy to a build. They're not easy. They're, to build. they're not um, easy to build. You, you think you go out with a chainsaw and you cut a path. It is, it's not well, you could, but that's not a nice trail. <laughs> and then they're also right. expensive to maintain. And then, your issue with not having trails is people go on places that aren't trails, and then they're trespassing. So uh, it is important. Like, um, I don't think a lot of people argue about mountain biking because they really do, don't do much damage. But if you happen to live next to a farmer and you think you're going to go cut through this guy's cornfield, he's going to get mad. And yeah. The reason why you would cut through his cornfield is because you don't have a trail to go on. So it kind of answers the whole thing. Yes. As the as a recreation industry progresses, mountain bikes, e-bikes, all mm -hmm. these things become more popular. There needs to be trails for people to go on. These trails are important to make, and they're they're complicated. Yep. And they have to be maintained yeah. uh, after they're built. No, who you're owns, absolutely. Who owns right. Fork Run Recreation Area? Is it state owned? It, it is actually county owned. Okay, and, and Garrett uh, Trails maintains it. Yes, and our big picture vision of that is to maybe be the first county park oh, um, it's really cool back there it is so yeah. cool. it's awesome it's yeah. so nice yeah so how many acres is it total because you guys had then you bought the 300 and some acres you had i think you had eight or i think the county had 800 acres then you added 300 to it like it's, it's a lot i was gonna say it's somewhere around a thousand uh, um, is my guess. The best part, if you haven't been there, is you're going to Fork Run and you're going I don't know, maybe a mile into it or whatever, and you see this sign. And I don't remember exactly what the sign says, but the sign says, please be careful. No cell phone service. Don't get hurt. Like, uh, <laughs> Funny story about that. It is hey, legit. The first yeah, time yeah. I ever went out hiking by myself, I saw that sign. You know what I did? I turned around and went. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I getting? And, and if you're listening home, it's not that bad. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not at all. I was just a city boy. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, we go, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know? I will not call him out, but, but uh, probably all of us know him. Uh, one of our friends was back there and he got lost. He saw that sign. Do not go there when it's getting close to dark. Because if it's not dark, For you'll be sure. able to get out of there just fine. Yeah. But uh, you don't get cell phone service because you can't look at your maps on yeah, your phone. Yeah. And he was able to get a couple calls out, and one of them was me. And I was like, dude, I don't have a clue where you're at. He's like, I'm looking at a tree, and there's another tree. <laughs> and I was like, well, go uphill. I, I, yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know. Yeah, and, um, to the, and to the point, too, it's like that was my first time on a trail here. Two years later, I did Big Savage. You know yeah. what I mean? In the so daylight, you're fine. In yeah. the daylight, you will be 100% It, it really yeah. introduced yeah. me, and, and it's a, it's a uh, Fork Run and then also Deep Creek Lake State Park. Oh, so nice. Phenomenal old growth yeah. trees, yep. you know, yep. and um, yeah, there's really phenomenal hiking trails. I forget here, about so. State Park. The State Park's yeah. 90-some acres. It, it's great. And you're right. 
Fork Run kind of where else? I've never lived anywhere else, but uh, where else could you go and have that many cool state parks? Like, oh uh, yeah, I understand your tax basis question and or issue. It is something when you want to make sure the state of Maryland doesn't own too much land because they want to pay real estate taxes on it, which keeps the county funded. But at the same time, it is also very very cool that the state of Maryland owns as much land as they do because then we can all use it. You know, uh, think about Wolfden. If a private individual would have bought Wolfden, it would not be what it is. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what the Wolfden tickets are off the time ahead. I think they're 15 bucks. 15 bucks. It's not, you it's not expensive. All day yeah. long. If it would have been a private individual, it would have been $150 and would have excluded Well, and I mean, so theoretically, the money is going back to the county sure. or the state or the employees. You don't feel like you're making somebody, That's the whole you know, yeah. tons we of money. technically own that because it's owned by the state and yeah. the residents right. of the state. right. No, New Germany's really cool. They had like a, a ice fishing demonstration last year. They and have groom trails too, don't they? They're not groomed, but they. Do um, I don't think that they groom for cross country, but they have so many miles of trails. Oh, Herring- yeah. I know I've Harrington grooms and uh, uh, Sing Run State Park. Uh, Jesse sometimes grooms it with his uh, snowmobile. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, that's Jesse. another Sang Run State Park is another great like yeah, brand that's new park. One you don't even think about. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean, it's I guess the newest. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if you look yeah, outside right. of the Deep Creek area, other than Swallow Falls and Deep Creek, and you just look around, there are so many other cool parks that are just a short drive. Well, let away. me let me throw a plug into my favorite state park, which Ooh. is my second favorite state park is New Germany because I was a kid. That's where we went to swim and hang out. So, but my favorite state park is Maryland's smallest state park. It's four acres, and it's the Castleman River Bridge State Park. (laughs) And it's the only state park that is in a municipality, and it's the smallest state park. Uh, And it has the largest, uh, at the time it was built, is the largest stone arch bridge in the Western Hemisphere, and you can still walk on it today. Uh, it's it's it very, very George cool. Washington awesome. walk over it like well, somebody that famous did. Pre- yeah. predates George Washington, but uh, oh wow, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, George Washington was uh, about five hundred yards away where he crossed. But if you think of so they say, so they say. <laughs> yeah, if you think did. of all of the footage. presidents from like uh, James Madison to probably the nineteen forties. Right. And I don't know who all was from the Midwest. I can't remember all of them now, but they all would have traveled the national road to get yeah. to D.C. So they all would have went over that bridge and they all would have come through Grantsville and Frostburg. And, you know, they all would have came that way. And, uh, you know, the Castleman and Penn Alps has done a nice job of trying to, like, articulate all the people that have been through there and everything that happened. But. You know that that uh, that state park is pretty cool, uh, and it's you can so cool. you can walk favorite. it in like two minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I signed a listing agreement in that state park one time. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's where I met you. them, and I and I was like, I should do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a property I worked on in Grantsville also, and uh, part of Braddock's Trail cuts yep. through that. And the reason I know this is there was a, a dry riverbed on this property. You can see the ruts. And yeah, and I couldn't figure out where this riverbed was. I was like, there was there was never a riverhead. There was never a creek yep. here. We studied maps. We did whatever. It was finally Rich Skipper from uh, Highland Engineering. Rich goes, no, that's that's Braddock's Trail. And you got to imagine, uh, my history stinks. 
whatever year this was, uh, 1800, 1776, what war was this? I don't know. So it was before 1776. Okay, so there were so many... French and Indian War, 1760. Horse carts, this is, Brad X Trail was yep. French and Indian War? 1760. So many horse carts in whatever, in 17 whatever, were going up and yep. down this place in Greensville. It still looks like a dry riverbed. Like yep. it is, it is literally just an indention in the ground yep. where you would swear a river used to be, but it was soldiers hiking up and yep. down through there. And it's really close wow. to the bridge you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, that's why the bridge is there. I mean, uh, that 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 road, uh, and I know we're sidebarring from where you guys want to go, but that, that road originally, before it was Braddock's Trails, Nemecolon's Path, that's where you get Nemecolon Woodlands. Oh. Uh, Nemecolon was the chief of the, the Indian tribe that was here uh, when Cressup and all those guys were out here sort of surveying the land. And, and so that was already a path that existed. So when Braddock came to go to Pittsburgh, uh, from Cumberland with George Washington, they followed the path that was already there, which became Braddock's Trail. Well, then when they wanted to build the road, there's already a trail here, yeah. so let's just build the road here. And then when they wanted to put the interstate there, well, there's already a road here, so let's put the interstate here. You want to be thankful you're alive know. when you're alive? Thank goodness we are alive now. Could you imagine yeah, yeah, hiking well, yeah, that trail? Exactly. In the but you know what the funny thing is? Like a thousand no years shoes? from now, people will be like, man, can you imagine oh, yeah, driving no, a car right. from like <laughs> Grantsville to Oakland? It would have taken a half an hour. Can you imagine taking that 219 interstate? Yeah, yeah. Interstate? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I wonder who studied that. Who wants to go around that roundabout twice? <laughs> funny, funny you bring that up. I, I read a statistic the other day that uh, just the way that human beings are with technology, our relationship with technology, that even though the curve seems to go like this, it's always been exponential. So if you take a snippet from a thousand years ago, even it's the same yeah, exact yeah. curve. So That's everybody thinks they're living in the crazy, the cutting time. edge. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's human nature. That's you know, um, even you're talking about the Castleman Bridge. You do volunteer for a lot of stuff for Gary County. Um, I don't know all the organization, organizations you're part of. I do know when I show up, you're always there. Um, <laughs> we were just down at the Spruce Village uh, Christmas thing, whichever you're listening to. Kristen has a really cool video of it on our Facebook page. Such a cool little thing. Um, it's this area in Grantsville. They rebuilt all of these 1800s mm-hmm. little uh, log homes, and they do a little Christmas show. And there's a guy in there. I should know his name. I've watched him paint birds for 22 years now. But uh, he's Gary, Yoder. Gary Yoder. Gary Yoder <laughs> sits in there, and he's supposedly one of the most Best talented in the world. artists yep. for yep. painting birds. And they look legit. Like he, They look like real birds. birds. Yeah. And, it's amazing. Uh, there's a lady that weaves in there. It's just a cool little Christmas thing. I'm happy to hear that they're still doing it because I know they got hit pretty hard with a storm a couple of years, years oh, back. Oh, the tornado. Yeah. They did, yeah. Well, and then your wife works at the restaurant right there too, right? She runs She's the manager? The, yeah, she she actually uh, sort of manages that whole event now, which is why I was kind of there <laughs> helping out. But, uh, yeah, uh, it was good to see. And, and you know, it's, you, you, uh, people from all over the place go there. And uh, it, it's a lot like all the festivals we have here. I mean, you go to the Celtic Festival in Friendsville. You go down to, I mean, certainly Autumn Glory. But even, you know, everyone thinks about Autumn Glory. But Oakland does so many other cool little things. And you just go downtown on, like, Winterfest and you run into somebody sure. from Cleveland. And yeah, you're just yeah. like, well, what are you doing here? And, you know, it's it's interesting. All, all of our little towns and all their little uh, festivals and everything, people from all over the place just wander into those things. It's kind of neat. Yeah, and I, I have a good friend of mine. Uh, their family owns a property off of Burnett Road, down by the Yacht there. And, every, you know, they have their own little festival yeah, here, yeah. you know, where they have from California and from um, not Detroit, Chicago and D.C., and they come here every year. Meet. Yeah. I think this yeah, really no. ramps 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I love some ramps. I sure do. If you go to the Christmas festival at the Spruce Village we were talking about, make sure to go to the Cornucopia Cafe. Um, it is one of Garrett County's best restaurants. And I think the only place that has shrimp and grits. Um, that's my probably yeah. true. That's my thing to the family. We go there every year, and I'm like, cool, but we're gonna eat there first. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I only make it there two or three times a year. Yeah. I do love it. It's, it's a, great a neat. It's a neat, charming restaurant, and it's they're so consistent. Cool. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. consistent. So. Like the woodwork in the building is just it, the whole it's little cool area is just a neat, neat that, area. That building came from Canada. Uh, it was an old oh. barn that was repaired. The building itself, it was. The wow. barn wood came from Canada and was repurposed into that building. That used to be a, a different building years ago, and, and they bought the property and renovated everything. And their vision for the restaurant, uh, they found a barn uh, in Canada that they, that they liked. And it's uh, you can see it when you go in. You can see the cut yep. marks and everything. And so they imported it and uh, put it together in different, obviously different fashion. But, yeah, it's kind but of Noel neat. and I were just talking about this when we were there. That was a building, and they tore it down, or yeah. they remodeled it? it I was, can't remember. That building was torn down. Okay, so there was uh, an old building there. It got torn down, and that got built. Correct. Let me tell you how hard that is, and I was not involved with that at all. My neighbor and I, and Noel, bought a barn that was built in Pittsburgh by some steamboat captain in 1865. Okay? We tore it down in Pittsburgh, and we brought it here to rebuild it. Three years ago. It's still stacked (laughs) in a pile under tarps. It is the most difficult process to figure out how to do that. Um, We've gone through engineers. We've gone through everything. It is not easy to rebuild something that was built in Canada that long ago. When we're done, it's going to look great. But it it is a very, very, very complicated process. Yeah, because you want to make sure you do it justice, right? I mean, well, oh, I think yeah. I think we're actually going to cheat. So <laughs> <laughs> I've recently figured out a way to do it. I think what we're actually going to do is, and it'd be cool, it, it'd be great. Um, we're going to stick build it, and then I'm going to use the old barn almost as decoration. Uh, so yeah. my That's a good idea. that my, is cheating. But <laughs> my issue with it is these logs innovation. are it's innovation. These logs are 15 inches around. They were built in 1860, and they're white oak. And when you look at them. It's really weird. Uh, my friend, logs. Yeah, my friend wow. Andrew Eisworth knows a lot about it. He's like, I can't believe that. And it, it's weird. If you look at this log I'm talking about, it looks so different than a white oak today. And you got to think, this was like first generation white oak. Like sure. yeah. in 1850, whenever somebody cut this down, it was probably the first time this tree's ever been cut down, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So the, my issue I'm having is I have to hire an engineer to prove how strong that tree is for structural reasons. Mm-hmm. How in the world am I supposed to prove I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm running out of money on engineers? If anybody out there is <laughs> yeah. listening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've, you know how I've to reach John. I've spoken with a lot of engineers, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just very hard to do with that. So we're going to build the structure, and then I'm going to have that not be – I'm going to build a structure of steel and use those for decoration. But it'll still look really cool. <laughs> wow. Um, it, it, it is the neatest thing, and that's one of the things I think I picked up on without knowing about a cornucopia. Even your, your ceiling in there, the walls, like that that makes sense. It's really yeah. rough-cut, rustic-looking, yeah. yeah. and it's just a neat atmosphere. It really is. So that. one of the things we ask all of our guests is what is your best honey honey story Ooh. that you're allowed to say? Well, out hey, loud. you can I'm always, not, you I'm know, not really allowed to talk about any of my experience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that many, uh, huh? <laughs> John, John's probably heard a few, but, uh, <laughs> Back yeah. in the day, we climbed up on top and spanked the monkey on the roof. Well, that, that's the, actually a true roof. story. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody did that at least <laughs> once, right? And, uh, yeah. On my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, Stood on the elephant and surfed. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's, 
I probably don't remember my best Tony Honey yeah, story. Yeah, that's true. You know. That's fair yeah. for everybody. Yeah. I think that uh, we, we, oh shoot, we didn't tell you this. So every guest gets a tiger claw and we didn't explain to you what a tiger claw is. It means if we ask you a question you don't want to answer, just tiger claw. So tiger claw okay. for Paul. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I wasn't into politics, I'd yeah. just be like, oh yeah, there's one time, but you know. You're good. Well, that's yeah. Fine. Uh, yeah. His yeah. best honey honey story was the Deep Creek dunk where we raised $75,000. Yeah, that's events. that's exactly right. Well, that is. See, yeah. I could well be a politician. Done. Very good. You, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I'm that is something. actually true. <laughs> I could win, but then I wouldn't know what I was doing. <laughs> don't vote for me. <laughs> the worst, please don't vote for me. <laughs> was yeah, the that'd, honey... be, that'd be a heck of a campaign slogan, huh? Don't I'm, vote for me. That might work. That may be, yeah, that might work. You know? I've got a better one for you. So you played basketball in college or high school. High you played school. basketball yeah, in high, high school, school for yeah. Northern. Yep. Were you better than Kevin Miller? Kevin always says he's the best basketball player Ooh, to come out of Erie County. He shook his head. Ke Kevin's per was pretty good. Okay. Now Kevin, Kevin's older than me by a little bit, so we never played against each other or anything else. But I will tell you, Kevin Lillard was a very good basketball. All right. Player. Wow. That's humble or. True. I mean, Kevin I'm, was very good. I'm not bragging, but my dad is on the Hall of Fame. It's oh, okay. We're gonna throw him in there. I don't know if Kevin's up there, but my dad is. <laughs> <laughs> probably a question for Kevin. But uh, there's been a lot of you know, there have been a lot of guys come out of uh, uh, and gals uh, come out of Garrett County that have gone on to do tremendous things athletically. Um, but basketball, I think, it is very underrated because we never really had that guy or girl go pro but you know right now yeah. what a lot of people don't know is you know dick bender who graduated from northern and uh uh he coached at clemson and i think he's still coaching right now oh. uh caitlin frotz yeah. won a national mm -hmm. championship Pretty awesome uh and is now uh, an assistant coach at the university of maryland uh it, tom bosley uh is oh, yeah. is a hall of fame basketball coach no matter how you cut it he had a big honor um, a couple years ago didn't he, he go coach yeah. just like last year team? Yeah. He, he coached the, the uh mcdonald's all-american team i mean you're not going to find a better high school basketball coach than tom bosley uh and and i could go on and on there's actually a lot of girls and guys who have played basketball here who have done great things uh that people don't even know about because they you know they never went pro or they never did this or they never did that. But we've had some baseball players go pro. We've had college national champion softball players. And, you know, my dad played for the Colts and we could go on and on and on. But basketball has done very and, – and we're not even going to get into wrestling because we just dominate the state oh, in yeah. wrestling. Northern and Southern wrestling is, is off the charts. John experienced that <clears throat> firsthand first oh, yeah. <laughs> So um, Jesse Shamrock's a good friend of mine, and well, he was a good. He was a very good wrestler. I don't understand how he's so strong. Like it is, <laughs> it, it is ridiculous how strong that guy is. To the point we talked about on my thirtieth birthday, I tried to wrestle him a thousand times, and I lost every single uh, time. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm a foot taller than him. I'm 50, 60, 80 pounds heavier than him. I should be dominating him, and uh, no, he yeah. just destroyed me. Yeah. When they know what they're doing, they know what they're doing. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, well, Jordan Skipper is another one. Jordan uh, won, yeah. I'll make, mess up the stats, but Jordan came out of uh, Northern, Southern, Southern, Southern. Yeah. and won two or three years in a row state champion. Yeah. Just 
amazing wrestler. Uh, there is there is a good wrestling. Oh, it's outstanding wrestling. I remember uh, one time when I hadn't met him yet, and um, we were working on something with him. He was he was helping out clearing something at a at a property, and uh, he was like, "Here, send this over to Jordan. Uh, get get him get." get him oh, I know you're and going. I, and I was like, I was like, "Oh, what's your phone number?" And he was like, <laughs> "You better not say that to him because he's a really good wrestler." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm such an idiot." I remember that. No, Jordan. Uh, it it is about that. I don't know how they are how they're brought up. Uh, Jordan's another guy that I've never seen him. I'd be stronger than him. It's, it's amazing mm-hmm. how strong that dude is. He, he's a man now. He's thirty some years old and just uh, I don't know athletic specimen. Like it, it's just amazing to watch him work. He just picks up logs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, unbelievable sometimes. So it is neat. We do have that up. Uh, so real quick. Uh, not to circle back to your dad, but it is cool he played for the Colts. Did your dad go to Northern High School? He did. Okay. So went to Northern High School. Is he the only one to play NFL out of Northern High School, or is, have there been others? To my knowledge, he's the only one playing the NFL from from Garrett County, uh, period. Because Jared went to Fort Hill, right? Yeah, Jared went to Fort Hill. Yeah. So there's been two out of Fort Hill. Yeah, I think Cumberland's had a handful. Cumberland's had, and like Mountain Ridge is just, I don't know what happened when you combined Bell, because like we, uh, basketball, I mean, we. That's a legit rivalry. You think the Northern Southern thing is. We beat everybody, and then all of a sudden all the schools combined into Mountain Ridge, and they're unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, where'd all the talent come from? It was insane. Like, as soon as Mountain Ridge got formed, it was like, oh, we're losing 100%. They're so good. Yeah, yeah, they've got a. Well, they just they just lost in the state championship football game. But they this made Saturday, it there. But they made it there, and they <laughs> yeah. and they got there undefeated, and yeah. then and then lost their first game there. So, so uh, Kristen did not ask you her favorite question. Um, when we started this, we were going to do the not salty podcast. So she wanted to ask our guests what you were not salty about, and we found out that's boring. We don't care what you like. Everybody's happy that you like rainbows and puppies and whatever. My two favorite things. What <laughs> are you Nailed salty it. about? Is there something in Garrett County? If you were king of the world, if uh, we threw away politics and you were the king of the county, what would you change? Like like what? What aggravates you? You only have one tiger claw, and you already used it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that anything really bothers me that much because i i honestly it may be a cliche to say but like all the problems we have i think we can fix so i i think you know there's nothing i look at and say this is a major problem and we can't fix it and so if i were king for a day this is what i would do uh i think the only thing that really bothers me is in in garrett county probably the thing that bothers me most is there is a glaring a lack of understanding about how county government works mm-hmm. and so you know like and i'll give you real examples of that and and i understand it i mean it's not something that people study or it's not real sexy to talk about at the kitchen table or <laughs> you know whatever but everybody's opinion but they don't know how well exactly and, and like people think garrett like the garrett county commissioners run the school system we don't we have actually zero authority over running the school system they think we run the towns and we don't they think we run the sheriff's department and we don't you know, it's really what we do is we make sure your roads are plowed and paved. We provide and make sure there is a sheriff's department and school system because we have to fund them, uh, but we don't have any say over them. So really all we can do is like decide how much we're going to tax you and then how we're going to distribute those taxes. There's very little else we can do, but people are adamant and, you know, like they heard, you know, the, the other thing that, that, 
I, I don't hate it in Garrett County. I find it to be a little bit charming, quite frankly, but some of it's quite ridiculous. Like talk to the old timers and they'll tell you about the time that the federal government dropped all the rattlesnakes in the parks because they were trying to kill the coyotes. And you talk to some other old timers and they'll say, we, we know that State Farm put coyotes in Garrett County because they were going to kill the deer because there were so many deer accidents in Garrett County and it was costing State Farm money. Like these are legit things I hear yes. all the time. And I'm just like, that never happened. Uh, that but, is a wild conspiracy but theory. I did run into the biggest People rattlesnake in the world at Wolf Den. Yeah. I, and, and the state owns it. Uh, Paul Benito and I don't know if you know, story, you know. I know. Paul. Yeah, I know Paul well. It was Paul. Oh gosh, this is such a funny story. Um, it was me, Paul, a lady named Emily from the state, and a bunch of DNR police. And we were back at Wolf Den, and we ran into this enormous rattlesnake. Right, and then uh, biggest one I've ever seen. Then we run into this dude who was stealing ginseng back there, and uh, I'll never forget him. He <laughs> came that. out of nowhere, and he had like some pistol that was his grandfather his, his grandfather was probably on Braddock's trail and he kept the pistol from that like it was, <laughs> it, was, it was this like I don't know 1770s pistol and he thought he was just the awesomest dude in the world and I think either me or Paul said something to him about stealing ginseng or something and the guy got kind of weird that guy had no idea we were like 20 DNR cops and uh, <laughs> it was great they diffused the situation really quickly they were like hey buddy you need to understand you're fine take the ginseng just going about yeah, your yeah, way yeah. but uh that poor dude had no... I've yeah. always wondered who that guy was. <laughs> so if you're listening now, yeah. identify yourself. Yeah, no. Actually, just... The statute yeah. is long past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're good Everybody's now, Everybody's fine. We, yeah. It's a fun yeah. story. Glad you didn't get bit by the rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, yeah, we're just over an hour. Um, I guess we got our, our fun questions in. Yeah. So... Paul, thank you. This was really, really cool. Uh, yeah, thank you. This was fun. I enjoyed it. But, uh, I think the answer to a lot of your question is uh, just education. A lot of people don't know, you know, and uh, I don't have a clue how to educate people, whether it's TikTok or Facebook or whatever. But everybody these days seems to have their own opinion about stuff. And the reality of it is, is you guys actually do 100% care. So thank There's you. No question Thanks about that. On it. Yeah. And uh, if uh, I don't want to speak for you, but. I know that personally, when I have issues or things to talk about, I call you, mm -hmm. answer the phone, and uh, call your office, whatever. So, uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for loving Garrett County, and uh, please continue to run for whatever office you want to run for. Because I do <laughs> like getting the free T-shirts every four years. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna wear mine tonight. Out on me, I was gonna wear it tonight. But I've got paint all over it. Uh, yeah.